Welcome to St Paul's Cathedral on this Feast of Candlemas. During Christmas tide, we celebrated the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we recall the day on which he was presented in the temple, giving thanks for Simeon and Anna, who recognised him as their Lord. As we come before Christ in worship and thanksgiving, let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, clothed in majesty, whose beloved Son was this day presented in the temple in substance of our flesh, grant that we may be presented to you with pure and clean hearts by your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Here begins the 14th verse of the second chapter of the letter to the Hebrews. Since, therefore, the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Here ends the first lesson.
Here begins the 22nd verse of the second chapter of the Gospel according to Luke. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer, night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. Here ends the second lesson. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we observe the great festal hinge of the Christian liturgical year. The Church hails, one last time, the wondrous birth of the Christ child, the babe of Bethlehem. Christ is presented by Joseph and Mary in the temple at Jerusalem, a religious custom of the Jews. Parents made the trip up to the temple on the 40th day after childbirth, in order that sacrifices might be made for the new arrival, and for the life and good estate of the family. But of course, this is no ordinary presentation. This is the presentation of the Son of God. And at a time when the Lord chooses to make something known about Christ's future. The Spirit prompts the righteous man Simeon to happen upon the Holy Family. Simeon, whose name means he has heard, was a pious elder whom the Lord had promised revelation. 
Simeon, upon seeing the Christ child in Mary's arms, knew immediately that Jesus was the one who was called Messiah. The Spirit prompted this in him. He took Jesus in his arms and blessed God. Seeing Jesus for Simeon was the fulfilment of his devotion. The child was whom he had waited for. He could not help but utter words of blessing, thankfulness and praise. This is an encounter erupting with joy and fulfilment. Finally, the long-awaited saviour is here. Simeon likens the Christ to the light, a light which glorifies all that it enlightens, all that it touches. It's a majestic image. This happens in the heart of the Jewish culture and religion, the temple. And the temple itself here fulfills its purpose as the veil between humanity and divinity, a place of meeting, a place of connection. But this is not the purpose of the encounter. This is not what we've come here to learn. This is not just for Simeon. Simeon then utters words alluding to the eventual death of Christ and warns Mary that a sword will pierce her heart. From glory and excitement to obscurity and darkness in a space of a few moments. The prophetess Anna happens by also. Her timing also signifies the guidance of the Spirit in this matter. She preaches this message of revelation, this coming of the Saviour to all who, like Simeon, had longed for the deliverance of Jerusalem, calling all to listen, to notice, to see that God is at work among them. This is an episode of pure revelation. Jesus is revealed to be the saviour in the holiest of places, gaining the attention of all around. For the Jews, salvation will come, and for the world, salvation will come from among the Jews. Christ is the light that will bring this knowledge, reveal this knowledge to the nations. This feast is a convergence of narratives, the narratives of Christ's birth and his death. It moves us on from the gentle adoration at the stable door to the desperation at the foot of the cross. The sweet meekness of the holy child colours our view of the brutality of all that is to come. God's love is not expressed in some display of power and might, but in the giving up of a beloved child. God's love for us is such that he empties himself of all what is his, glory and splendour, transcendence and awe, in order that we might have life, that we might touch glory, know splendour, transcendence and awe for ourselves, living a life freed from sin and pain and sadness. God pays the highest price, and in the beauty of the Christ child, we see something of how truly costly this is. We cannot remain at the crib any longer. We cannot simply focus on the joy of the birth of the Messiah. We cannot mock God's love by ignoring the very reason he came and the work that he did and the death that he died. The gospel does not simply end with the incarnation. The death and resurrection of Christ are still to come. We must walk this journey with Christ. And so this pierces something of the joy of our Christmas celebration, just as this year our Christmas celebrations were hindered and halted and changed, creating all sorts of anxieties and pains and sadnesses in us. 
This pierces the soul of our joyful worship. But like Simeon, we continue to have hope. For we are a people of the resurrection, and here today we celebrate that newness and glory and light are still to come, even though now we must walk a darker path, a path of confusion and fear, a path of being separated and isolated from those whom we love. And now we must even let go of this Christ child, the one who, whose light and hope and love has inspired us, and we must let him bear the weight of our nature, bear the weight of our burdens, bear the weight of our human condition. Today we turn with Christ to Jerusalem again, but this time for the passion. But we begin this journey towards the cross in this festival of light, Candle Mass, trusting that no matter how dark or heavy the cross might seem, the light and joy of the stable inspires us. And even so, that joy will be exceeded by the emptiness of the tomb. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Father, your Christ is acclaimed as the glory of Israel. Look in mercy on your church, sharing his light. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your Christ in his temple brings judgment on the world. Look in mercy on the nations who long for his justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your Christ, who was rich, for our sakes became poor. Look in mercy on the needy suffering with him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your Christ is the one in whom faithful servants find their peace. Look in mercy on the departed, that they may see your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, your Christ is revealed as the one destined to be rejected. Look in mercy on us who now turn towards his passion. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, you kept faith with Simeon and Anna and showed them the infant king. Give us grace to put all our trust in your promises and the patience to wait for their fulfilment. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Christ, whose glory fills the skies, Fill you with radiance, and scatter the darkness from your path. Amen. Christ, the Sun of Righteousness, gladden your eyes, and warm your heart. Amen. Christ, the Day spring from on high, draw near to guide your feet into the way of peace. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.